0: This is A New Angle, a show about cool people doing awesome things in and around Montana. I'm your host, Justin Angle. This show is supported by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and the University of Montana College of Business. Hey folks, welcome back, and thanks for tuning in. Today is our June edition of Incentives and Instincts, a recurring series in which I speak with economist and friend Bryce Ward about some of the broader challenges facing our society. Rice, how are you today? I'm good. Last month, we started a conversation about how social media is affecting all of us and its terrible effects on our mental health and well-being. Um, This month, we're going to focus on what social media is doing to our democracy and whether our system of government can survive it. So, Bryce, there are a few pieces to this. We hear a lot about the disinformation issue. It's pretty salient right now. Disinformation is not necessarily a new problem. We've always had bad actors in the system, right?
1: Yeah, and we've always had people who are misinformed. Nothing suggests that people today are less knowledgeable about basic current events than people pre-social media. You know, disinformation, misinformation people not being sufficiently informed the way that we would like them to be, perhaps in some normative sense, those seem like perpetual problems. Now, it may be of a different kind. It may be something that we're dealing with a different
0: subcategory of problem, but the high-level
1: problem doesn't seem like it's particularly new.
0: Okay. So what is the problem then? I mean, how should we be thinking about this problem? Because there are – let's actually start with some of the known benefits of social media in the political space. I mean, we've got – Studies that show us that social media usage influences voter turnout positively, and influences engagement, information about candidates, etc. So there are some presumably in a democracy you want more people to vote than fewer. Those are some good effects. Are there others?
1: those are the main the main things whether these are good or bad i think is all a matter of perspective yeah who's winning um, and losing yeah exactly <laughs> but you know i mean you know particularly during the early wave of social media like the idea was that this is going to be a great organizing tool it's, it's a tool that in theory we can use to solve problems and like you know making people better informed and making people more aware of what's going on and more engaged in what's going on all of which I think are good things. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, in that in that case, yeah, that's, that all seems good. And yet, clearly we're not happy with where things are at. Right. Here we are uh, having this conversation. Look, it may be that this is all spurious, right? That there's other things that are driving the problems and social media is just a sideshow. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think we have to take seriously the problem, possibility that it's at least part of the problem. And we should then, you know, investigate hypotheses and see... To what extent is it a problem? And if so, what can
0: we do about it? So let's take the misinformation, disinformation question first. I mean, so we agree that it's not necessarily a new problem. Maybe it's a matter of degree and maybe social media accelerates it in, in, in ways that have sort of crossed some threshold of, of utility in, in our democracy.
1: You know, in the old media ecosystem, there were gatekeepers. Yes. And, you know, so if you you know were following the news in, say, like the 80s, You know, you got your news from the newspaper, maybe some television, maybe some magazines, maybe the little snippet of the hit on the radio. But you weren't like marinating in news and the news that you were consuming was all edited. There was editorial discretion and rules, so to speak, that people tended to follow in terms of what information was, quote, allowed Mm -hmm. and what debates were allowed And, you know, obviously there's drawbacks with that as well. I'm sure we would, you know, we could go back and find people complaining in essays and radio commentaries or whatever it is back in that time about, oh, you know, how are these gatekeepers are keeping us from, you know. Oh, gatekeeping is power, right? That's
0: right. And, And just one point about the editorial function. Social media does provide the opportunity for our elected officials to speak directly to their constituents. I mean, you can follow the Twitter of whatever politician you want and get uh, his or her view of the world without an editor sitting in between you, without a journalist sitting in between you and that quote. So there is, you know, as far as direct access to our elected officials, that is one potential benefit.
1: Yeah, yeah, certainly. It allows a greater degree of connection between politicians and supporters mm-hmm. some of the drawback of that is supporters and constituents are not a overlapping or you know a single set right right, right. and so a lot of politicians i think betray their constituents in order to gain the clout in social media in order to gain clout in some larger political debate. Sure. I think what all we're saying is look, social media comes with lots of trade-offs. And think even the stuff that we think might be good, it comes with costs. And because it's new, we don't have a language and norms and regulations. You know, we just haven't built the structure to say, oh, these are the trade-offs and we're going to try and get to the better side by cutting out some of the worst side with better language for how we think about it better social norms and actual rules and regulations and we're just we haven't got there yet
0: yeah i mean that kind of points to the moderation problem so we're talking about misinformation or information that is untrue i mean the moderation problem in social media that's that's a hard problem to solve there's a lot of people working on it and they haven't come up with great solutions. Moderation is kind of that editorial function which social media platforms are loath to admit that they actually have, but they do. How does that play in this whole system?
1: Well, it's not just moderation. I mean, I think the it's it's moderation plus the algorithm. Right? right. So I mean, those are both of the things that the social media companies technically control. Mm-hmm. Right? They get to decide whether or not to literally moderate cut something out make rules say that you can't do x y or z but they also create the algorithm right which you know i i think is probably the bigger problem than mm-hmm. moderation i mean moderation is hard it's a hard problem because it's a private company yeah. and private companies they don't like to make people mad mm-hmm. right so in some sense the, the moderation problem probably needs to be solved by the government the government needs to come in and say this is what's allowed, because that's us, all of us acting in theory.
0: And in fact, actually, there was a court case that just came down today. Florida passed a law saying that social media companies could not ban elected officials, and the federal appeals court struck that down. There's a similar court decision in play in Texas. And so, yeah, what the courts are saying is that these private companies do have the ability to ban politicians or whoever they want They're to ban. They're private
1: company, Exactly. right? You know, I don't have to give you, you know, the problem for the private company from the social perspective is the private company's objective is profit. Mm-hmm. Right, they're and they're not even private companies; they're publicly traded private companies, which right. means that they have an obligation to their shareholders to maximize profits.
0: And you could say the same thing about the cable networks, the TV stations, radio stations, other other media companies operate. In New York Times, you could say that publicly traded company. You could they operate by the same market constraints, yeah, and incentives, right? And so, yeah, the only thing constraining
1: the the actions of these people is whether or not it costs them users and sponsors or whatever it is. And sometimes that can work, Mm -hmm. but not always. And so, you know, uh, from the algorithm moderation perspective, it's not clear whether the companies will ever get us to the socially optimal position. Sure, It's not clear that Congress could either. But it's you know it certainly has to be something we put on the table to the extent that we think that the you know I mean the the metaphor I've been playing with trying to think about this is like it's, it's like we've moved political warfare into World War one okay right? we've've we've, we've developed machine guns right you know so instead of the way that war was fought we have a new technology and then new technology led to trench war you know we just you know world war 1 looked different than wars that came before and since yes and you know all warfare is constantly going through you know there's always new technology right and you know this social media is a new technology in our political warfare right and we haven't figured out the rules. We haven't come up with the way to fully leverage it to get what we want or to kind of rewrite the the top of the monopoly box that says, look, these are the rules and you can use it like this, but you can't do this. And I just think we're, we're struggling with the tool that is social media to make it into something that is on balance, focusing just on democracy and governance, it's not clear that it's making us better yet, right? You know, there's things that are better as a result of it, but there's also a lot of things that I think are worse.
0: A moment ago, you claimed that the algorithm problem is is, is more significant problem than misinformation. Just explain that algorithm problem a little bit more.
1: So, I mean, the algorithm is, you know, essentially what the social media company wants you to see. Mm-hmm. And what does the social media company want you to see? Stuff that keeps you keeps on their you website. On the website. Because you're the product, mm-hmm. right? All of them are selling you to advertisers. And the second you go away and aren't looking at their website anymore or their app anymore, well, then they're not making money from you anymore. And so the algorithm is designed for engagement, it's not designed to make sure that you're the most well informed person that you're operating in a rational headspace right quite the opposite right it's designed to keep you emotional and angry right
0: it's not even just it's not not designed to do that actually it's designed to keep you engaged and it's learned that That, the way to do that is to keep you enraged yeah
1: that's right. That's right. You know, they you know they did not set up. They did not optimize for enraged. Right. They optimized for engaged. It just turns out that our little monkey brains are most engaged when we're enraged. Exactly. Social media in the enraged space isn't new either.
0: No, that right? exists in plenty of other spaces it's, for and, a long time. You know,
1: and in some sense, I think the real break is talk radio. Mm-hmm. That's the initial break. Rush Limbaugh. Late 80s, early 90s. Fairness
0: doctrine in the Reagan administration gets swept away.
1: And that leads then to cable news. But we've just seen it kind of build and build this morass. And social media is, I think, just another ingredient in that larger gross stew of keeping people enraged. And, you know, doing so in frequently in just horribly dishonest and loathsome ways. The punditry in talk radio, the punditry on cable news, and the punditry online is frequently very low quality. Now, it does sometimes elevate great voices, right? Again, you know, this is Derek Thompson's, we love to quote Derek Thompson, apparently. We do, yeah. uh, His metaphor is Twitter is a library with a food fight in the lobby, right? You have to get past the food fight, but once you get past it, there's actually tons of experts on there offering you real-time updates on their areas of expertise to allow you to process the news of the day. That part's great. But the problem is, is that, you know, if you go look at most of those experts, you know, and those people that, you know, you can find great information on, they have some followers. But the people that keep people engaged are usually, you know, the top things that you see in Facebook or whatever it is. Yeah, the
0: algorithm is not serving you, those people. You find them. You have to actively find them. The algorithm is serving the people that are keeping you angry so that you stay on the site.
1: The algorithm will serve you, those people. But only if you are really disciplined right. in how you use it, right? Because the algorithm actually does work for me on Twitter, mm-hmm. right? It just has learned the thing that I'm going to stick around for is somebody tweeting out a new paper. Yeah, this guy's right? an economist; he's an like, academic. Yep, we know how to keep uh, him on oh, the hook. Exactly, right? It's like here's here's new study, here's new data. It's showing me less and less political hot takes. Sure, but like you know, but that's only because I muted, blocked, you know, tried to avoid didn't follow or unfollowed you know people who filled my feed with politics mm-hmm. and so you know it the algorithm can actually work so again the problem is us but the problem with us being the problem is that us is usually not a good solution to our own problems
0: we'll be back to our conversation with bryce ward after this short break a new angle is supported by first security bank blackfoot Communications and UM's College of Business. Access to capital, broadband, and education are three ingredients any community needs for success. Hi, this is Kelly Webster, Chief of staff at the University of Montana, and you're listening to A New Angle. Welcome back to A New Angle. I'm speaking with Bryce Ward about the effects of social media on our democracy. So to kind of maybe wrap up this phase of the conversation what i'm hearing is that the disinformation problem is not a new problem social media is maybe an accelerant of it that has pushed us into perhaps a dangerous space but 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 not a new problem and maybe we just haven't figured out how to put guardrails around it what i'd also like to think about is two other things. How has this changed how our system of governance operates? And how has this changed how citizens engage with it? Are politicians and institutions functioning differently in this environment? And are they less good at at, at creating policy as a result of social media? Or are we just less good at creating policy for a bunch of other reasons?
1: unclear how much we're less good that's hard right in fact you know this thing that i have sitting in front of me this is my looks uh, like an old paper my 11th grade ap us history term paper look at that all about how the two-party system sucks written in 1993 and how we don't solve any problems and you know television has dumbed down everything and, and all this kind of stuff so i don't think you know this has been something i've been doing a lot lately which is just kind of finding old magazines or old newspaper articles which are basically it's like oh wait that could have been written yesterday it's unclear how much we're worse at governing sure it feels like it but then there's also this thing called you know i don't know if you've heard the term secret congress Mm -hmm. right so secret congress is the congress that actually gets a bunch of stuff done still passes about it still passes stuff in bipartisan manner blah blah. we never hear about it Mm. that's why it's secret congress yeah
0: exactly right
1: and congress has basically learned look we're gonna have the food fight over there and then we're going to have, you know, we're going to go up into the stacks and we're actually going to pass a bunch of legislation. Right. Um, but that's not interesting and, for
0: cable news to talk about. And nobody and talks about it. It yeah. doesn't
1: get because bipartisan. It does. You know, there's no there's nobody's gonna get angry, you know, or the set of people who are going to get enraged by what secret Congress does is frequently not very large because it's being passed with large majorities. Okay. The politicians, the parties have figured out, again, they're also part of this. They've hacked us just like the social media companies have, which is, we want you to be engaged all the time, right? And that's what I mean by the new weapon of war. That I think is what's different, right? The thing that's different is, if I think back to my parents' media diet in the late 80s or early 90s, or even mine, because I was a nerd. You know, it's like, yeah, you get up, you watch like the Today Show, maybe you read the newspaper, then you come home at night and you watch the local news, news and the yep. national news. Dan Rather, Peter Jennings, um, the whole crew. You know, and then maybe you watch some Sunday shows. You know, you read a magazine, maybe read some more newspapers. And then, you know, you talked about political issues with people. I can remember a friend of mine's dad loved to engage with me on all the various politics of the day, right? So it was mm-hmm. one of the people were engaged or paying attention. But, like, in the rest of the day, you went about your life. Yeah. You didn't pick up your phone and... St- start scrolling through Twitter to see what you should be mad
0: about like it was the sports feed of scores that's
1: right you know and so you kind of went you had you had space sure. right and then if you look at our social lives our social lives were in person right yeah. we were interacting with people and and those people we were interacting with were frequently pretty diverse i don't have great data on it but so i saw this study you know where the this survey group and I mean, it's, it's very difficult to measure your social network. Yes. Right. But they, you know, they measured friends and friends include family. Because Basically, the question is, is how many people are list up to seven people with whom that you have discussed important issues in the last six months? Okay. Right. So that's the question. That's what we mean by friend. And obviously, half of those people are usually like your spouse or whatever. Yeah. But then, you know, because you listed them and then you provided information about them, roughly 60% of both Republicans and Democrats have their entire friendship group is Republicans or Democrats. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what that was in say 1985, but my guess is that it was more
0: mixed. Yeah, I mean, that's consistent with all the research on political sorting by geography and in place of employment and so forth. You know, I'm trying to bring this back to social media in the sense is, is does social media have some causal mechanism here? And one of the things about social media is it allows for quite costless harassment and intimidation. One, because it's really easy to just type it off and send it off, and there's probably low impulse control there. But also, you know, there's anonymous accounts, there's bots, there's all sorts of other players in the system that can just shame you sure. and harass you if you step outside the tribe
1: actually on social media last week uh, there's uh, there's an economist columnist guy named noah smith
0: mm-hmm. lives in no Fran- opinion no, yeah no opinion. i love That's the true. name of his blog
1: and uh you know he put out on twitter he lives in san francisco and he's basically you know just kind of put out this little tweet of all the little things that have started to annoy him about his tribe right And, you know, he's like, I think I have these quiet conversations with lots of people, and they're also annoyed with a lot of these things. I think that's a function of social media, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you don't want to publicly go against the tribe because essentially, what you know, we started this section off with what's different about social media? What does it change? So, A, it changes how engaged we are. But you're right. It also changes how easy it is to punish people publicly yes. who deviate, you know, and also how easy it is to make people aware that you're deviating from the tribe. And so, yeah, I think that's part of it, right? And that's also part of this whole engagement thing, right? It's like, you know, and why this is, you know, the, the larger problem that I think we're dealing with, which is the polarization problem. That's what's threatening the functioning of our systems. Yeah, yeah. The, You know, when in a highly polarized environment, a, it's very difficult to solve real problems. And B, we frequently make up problems in order to keep the polarization engagement cycle going. And then we go off and we make things worse by pursuing the in- inanity or insanity that comes with the partisan cycle. And, you know, so I think that's that's all part of it, right? So we're yeah. changing how much we're, time we're spending and we're changing how engaged we are in it and we're changing how much pain we can inflict on others for not... Conforming again, and the pay- this is all within this tribe of people who actually pay attention, because mm-hmm. most people do not want to pay attention to this at all, right? What's a twenty-six percent of people find social media useful and informative? Right, right, Like I mean, you know, that's not that's not a high percentage, no, right? And you know, and like, and the set of people who are on Twitter or even on you know
0: engaged in politics and social media is actually really small. Although, I mean. Twitter has outsized influence in the sense that it drives almost all of media, right? Because the number of journalists, the percentage of journalists on Twitter is probably close to 100%.
1: Yes. No, that's where Twitter has, you know, but, you know, but even if you move to Facebook or, Mm -hmm. you know, the other social Mm -hmm. media platforms where there is broader engagement, it's still not like everybody's just, you know, I, I think also the thing you sent me, like most people, the majority of people find it annoying. Yeah. Right. They don't want politics in their social media or they don't want certain types of politics in their social media. So, you know, it's it's we're in a bizarre situation where we've created a tool that I think combines with other tools, which we already had the talk radio, the cable news. You know, we essentially have shifted a media environment into one where, yeah, you can be engaged in this all the time.
0: And that's the thing that's changed. right? Well, and, and I think another thing has changed and that is these. this media environment has really weakened, you know, our institutions, our constitution, our, our, our journalistic enterprise, our academic enterprises were designed to kind of have managed conflict that would generate knowledge and agreed upon set of facts adjudicated by institutions. And I feel like social media and these other media and the trends that we've talked about have really undermined our ability to create a commonly agreed upon set of facts.
1: Yeah, but I think that, again, I don't think that's a function of the media environment as it is a function of our psychology, right? Okay. The, the 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 thing that we've done is that we've merged politics and identity. You know, and that merger of politics and identity is what creates The inability to agree on facts, right, is because those facts are a threat to my identity. Sure. You know, I mean, the the challenge is I think the engagement is what leads to the merger of – the engagement and the punishment mechanism. Yeah. You know, are how you merge identity and politics – right? Which is always been, you know, people have always said, oh, I'm a Democrat, or I'm a Republican, right? But I think now there's a lot
0: more stakes yeah. with that, right? Well, and all the other sorting mechanisms, like the percentage of people that say they would be disappointed if their child married someone from the other political party is ridiculously high, right? Now, dangerously high.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and the fact that religion is now highly correlated right. with politics, you know, and your neighborhood is high, you know, and mm-hmm. we, we just keep reinforcing that. And so now it is our identity and it's all the, you know, and that means that I don't, social media by itself, when we randomly deactivate Facebook, people get less informed. Yeah, Look, it's true that social media create, you know, has this echo chamber effects and it has lots of noise in terms of, you know, allowing misinformation to spread within networks and all this kind of stuff. But people, again, that was not new. People found ways to be misinformed regardless. And again, in theory, social media would be a great way and in fact I actually did another experimental paper that I read recently found that you know when you correct people on social media it does improve their knowledge hmm. right so again the tool is there right so, you know you know again the yeah. the you know the the deeper problem we have is the effect of polarization and the you know the merging of our identity with our politics because that means that we're at war we're roughly at the point where half of partisans think that the other partisans, you know, the other party is trying to harm the country. Yeah, they're evil. Right. They're evil. Once you're in that space, our institutions, our constitution, democracy, it's designed to keep us in a rational space. Mm-hmm. Right. It, re- it is, You know, and that's why we have representative democracy. Yes. Right. The idea was we'll get things, you know, fired up for a month or so and then we'll have an election and then everybody else will go about their lives and then the representatives will go off. And they'll live together in a town, frequently isolated from anybody else. And you know, they'll just become friends with each other, and they'll figure out how to negotiate. And they're supposed to spend their time learning and you know, keeping in that rational headspace. But you know, so that that may be one thing that social media does at that level. This video of you know Ted Cruz checking his Twitter mentions after he accosted you know during the Supreme Court justice hearing, you know, literally. Puts on his little show for the cameras, and then the camera behind him catches him oh, on his phone In checking real time. checking his Twitter mentions. Yep, yeah, right. You know, he's performing for the cameras now. He he gets his pay base from you know being the center of attention, which then you know again this ripples through, right?
0: And this occurs on both
1: sides. I no, mean, yeah, Cory
0: no. Booker does the same. Oh, everybody does stuff. this,
1: right? Well, you know, I'm trying to get attention. Yep. You know, and this is part of the problem, right? So, so what is it changing, right? So the, on the on the on the people side we've got engagement, we've got punishment, we've got, you know, a, a thing that helps fuel this merger of identity and and partisan identity. On the, you know, the governor side, well, now their incentives have changed too, right? They have to be good at this now, mm-hmm. right? They have to, you know, they succeed by not being Mike Mansfield, who people outside of Montana probably never heard of, in spite of the fact that he was the longest serving majority leader and longest serving ambassador to Japan. Mm-hmm. He never wanted credit. He's the one that passed the Civil Rights Act. He gets, you know, the, they go to sign the bill and he brings up the Republican who basically allowed him to pass it. Hides in the background. That does not happen. And, you know, it's very hard for that to happen in a social media environment and, you know, where people are engaged and you're getting, that's where getting you know, all your donors are from, you know. And that's the cycle, right? Is, so I don't, Go into politics because I don't want to play that game. So who goes into politics? Yeah, it doesn't select for you the know, right it mindset It doesn't anymore. select for the mindset of oh, I'm here to collaborate, compromise, negotiate, right. identify a problem, and figure out the best solution for it, and then bring people together to agree on that solution, right? And, you know, it selects for I want to preen for cameras and get lots of engagement on social media, good or bad, so that I become more famous right? And then I get to use that fame to get money and power and whatever it is to do God knows what. But usually the people that are most involved in that particular side of things, they're not up to good.
0: Yeah. Then the marginal players too often. I mean, the things that Marjorie Taylor Greene and those types have uh, been able to get done are, are small, but they have an outside influence on the narrative sometimes.
1: Through the selection process and how it consumes the attention of our representatives and our bureaucrats and all this kind of stuff. You know, I do think
0: it doesn't help get things done. No. It's relatively easy to talk about all the problems associated with social media. What's harder is to come up with some solutions. And so we're going to continue this series next month in July and um, try to propose our best ideas and the best ideas we can find for solutions to this problem. Bryce, as always, thank you. And we'll uh, see you down the road. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for listening to A New Angle. We really appreciate it. And we're coming to you from Studio 49, a generous gift from University of Montana alums, Michelle and Lauren Hanson. A New Angle is presented by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and the University of Montana College of Business. With additional support from Consolidated Electrical Distributors, Drum Coffee, and Montana Public Radio. AJ Williams is our producer BTO, Jeff Amet, and John Wicks made our music, editing by Nick Mott, and Jeff Meese is our master of all things sound. Thanks a lot, and see you next time.